Welcome to the Crossing Paths podcast with pastors Brian Burson and John Martinez, the podcast where they embark on captivating journeys through the lives of Sandals Church Banning members, exploring the real-life stories that intertwine our church community and deepen our connections. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Hey, we have the pleasure and blessing of having our chief of police in Beaumont, um, Sean Felice, who's a long-term friend of mine. I've known Sean for over 15 years. I try to calculate in my head, but it's been over 15 years now of, of knowing you, knowing your family. I actually taught um, Sean's daughter, Jordan, yep. um, at Inland Leaders Charter School in sixth grade. Um, and so there's, there's kind of a history and, and long story between the, both of us. We both served in ministry at the same church in fourth through sixth grade and taught those, those, uh, those young whippersnappers. That's right. Um, and are you still doing it? Are you still doing it? No, do, okay. after 12 years, they finally kicked me out. <laughs> <laughs> said enough is enough. <laughs> enough is enough. Early retirement. <laughs> yeah. But, but Sean is uh, just blessing us um, by coming in, and you know, we'll have a chance to, to get to know you and hear a little bit about your story, your family, your work. Um, and so thank you for just taking your time um, out of your busy schedule. Uh, Chief of Police, that's, that's no um, easy task, and there's a lot to it. And so we just know that we value your time, and uh, so we just thank you for just taking the time to hang out with us. So um, you're 6'6". Six, six. Let's get that out of, the, out of the way because I was just saying that I've never had a guest where I had a problem f- where I've, my knees fit under the table. Right. But I'm knocking knees with you right now because I'm 6'5 and you're 6'6. Six, six, so, so, yeah, like t- yeah. height has always been a thing. I might be shrinking now because of my age, but <laughs> I just buy bigger boots. <laughs> so, keeps, well, keeps me right there. Whenever we go out anywhere, like we're at uh, Starbucks or something, it's like the Twin Towers, yeah, right? Yeah. Everybody says that because, you, know, uh, you know, he's got me by an inch, but, man, it's like the Twin Towers walking around. Um, you know, I, f- I felt that as soon as you walked in, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm a heaping five, 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 six on a, on, on a good day. Yeah. Five, six. Yeah. But uh, as soon as you walked up, I realized that this was a very tall man. Absolutely. And in uniform. So like, man, when a six, six guy shows up in full uniform is like sharp looking good. Yeah, I look even taller. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit about yourself, like your family. I know you've got two kids and, um, just give us a little bit about your backstory. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this past Wednesday celebrated 27 years of marriage. Woo! Congratulations. Thank you. That's awesome. Not only is it rare in, in this world of ours, but it's rare in my profession. Yeah. Um, great wife. Give her a lot of that credit. Give God all the glory in that. Uh, we have two children, Jordan and Connor. Um, they're about nine years apart. So our daughter's 26 and our son's 17. And um, that's unique, but it's been refreshing. And they never competed. Um, they weren't in school at the same time in the same sports together. So they're incredibly close. I think you can look back on that and think of any achievement you would be happy about. It's the closeness of your children together. Yeah. Right. As they, sometimes that's what they're going to have when mom and dad get older and we get put in a home. <laughs> <laughs> and Jordan was an amazing student and just like, man, she was a blessing. I had a class full of just amazing students and Jordan was just stellar. Yeah, so. appreciate that. They're great. Um, you know, my wife, of course, we heard from Mike Gordon last week at Inland Leaders. My wife works there. She's the Spanish teacher yeah. and the kids are bilingual. And so they, 
not only can back talk, dad, they can do it in Spanish too. <laughs> do it in two languages. <laughs> they can. When they really want to get something past me, they just go to Spanish. So <laughs> yeah, Google Translate becomes your best friend. Right? Yeah. Little do they know. It's nice like, to have it handy in your phone now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's the family. And so tell me, you, okay, so um, law enforcement, how did you get into it? Did you have a desire as a kid to be uh, a police officer? Like, how did that trajectory work for you? Ever since I was any age to recall, about six years old, I've wanted to be a police officer. In fact, uh. a couple of years ago, my mom, had she lives out of state, she'd mailed me a, a picture I drew in elementary school of a police car and me as a police officer. This is what I wanted to do. Wow. Um, just called to it. Yeah. And so you had a little sheriff's badge or police badge back oh. in the day. Little cap oh, yeah. gun. <laughs> pew, pew. Oh, yeah. Well, back in the day, remember, gun shows were a big deal. The yeah, orange yeah. show and yep. those were a big deal. And so you'd dress up as a cowboy or, you know, we, we played we played out in the street, as you guys remember. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so is that how it worked for you too, Brian? Did you, when you were little, did you know what you were you wanted to be? Mm, not really. I had, a, I had a harder time figuring it out. <laughs> so, yeah, I never imagined pastor. Like, okay. that wasn't on the on the list. I thought firefighter for okay. a while. Okay. But, um, yeah, I didn't really know. Yeah. So, so then, so from a kid and this vision of becoming a police officer, what was the first step into it? Like, at what age? The true... The real first step, because then, you you know, you're a kid, you're six, you think helicopter pilot, mm-hmm. anything on TV or a movie, you think, well, that's what I'm going to do, I'm going to do. Something adventurous, yeah. Always, right? Yep. And then about 18, um, um, I joined the Redlands Police Department as a police explorer. Wow. Where I served there for about three three years or so mm-hmm. while I was knocking out some community college courses, trying to put it all together. Um, you know, the minimum age is 21 to be a sworn law enforcement officer. But, uh, you know, you start working, you got bills, and sometimes you're, you got to put the dream on a little bit on the back burner because life goes on. You have to pay the bills, pay the rent. At, um, then at 23, I was sworn in um, as a reserve police officer at Redlands Police. Wow. Did that for about a year, and then they hired me full-time as a police officer. Now, did you grow up in Redlands? Because I grew up in Redlands. I mean, what was the connection with Redlands? I grew up in Fontana. Okay. And then at about 13, my family moved to Mentone. Okay. Where your East Valley campus is, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know how anybody finds Mentone, (laughs) but it's been found. Yeah. (laughs) And um, so I went to Redlands High School. Okay. So I was working at a grocery store. I don't know why I didn't know that, because I graduated, but... I'm older than you, so I graduated yeah. in 87. So. Oh, okay, 93. Okay. So I was working at a grocery store. We had a call for service, and a police officer came, and I saw a, an explorer with that officer. And I didn't know what they were at the time, but then I realized I was in um, a class at Crafton Hills College with that explorer. Hmm. Asked him about it and, and got put to work. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Nice. So now law enforcement as a 23-year-old – um, now you're, you're an employee. What was that like? Was it everything you kind of hoped for, dreamed for? It, it is. Um, but it, you know, the whole profession is kind of wonky in the sense that yeah, I was married. I had a child, so I had some life experience. I'd worked a bunch of different jobs, framing, uh, 
grocery, different things. But but still, you're going to calls for service where couples that have been married for 30 years are fighting or arguing over bills and mm-hmm. and kid and rehab and different things that, you know, as a 23-year-old, you haven't experienced these right, things. Yeah, and yeah. you're dispensing life-altering advice. Mm-hmm. And it dawned on me, you know, the the gravity of the influence of a police officer. It's the authority is one thing. Yeah. And some people gravitate to what they perceive as power. There's no power. But the authority is pretty surreal. But the influence is is immeasurable at times. Mm-hmm. And so you have to think about what you're going to tell these people because it, they're going to run with it. Yeah. And you're impacting lives. Yeah. And then that has a trickle effect to the kids and, and whoever else may be in the home. And so then you realize it's not just running and gunning and you know, trying to catch bad guys. There's a lot of that. But, yeah. but when those other calls come up, they, they need to be handled with the utmost. Because even your uniform and certainly your badge speaks a lot. Just it speaks words that you didn't have to communicate. Right. Right. Just authority, um, a demand for respect. Yeah. The stripes. Yeah. Looking at those. Which is, I mean, it's an important aspect of like, okay, I have to, I have to assume that responsibility when I take this position and I also don this uniform. It's just kind of, I have to assume it. There's, there's a lot of weight in a lot of professions that we, we choose, such as, you know, pastor, and, and it goes beyond that, right? Yeah. But certainly when you show up as a police officer, then your uniform, the badge is a symbol of authority and public trust, and it does project mm-hmm. before you even open your mouth. Right. So the way you walk up with an attitude, a smile, um, confidence, those things matter. Yeah. it's interesting too because knowing you like um and i know your personality you have an incredible sense of humor like you're just very you have a um you know great personality you're fun to be around kids like to be around you and and your humor is something that maybe people don't know about you right because you know just because like you're in uniform you're very professional you're articulate but You've got this other side of you that I know, like, is, is your incredible sense of humor. So I'm sure you bring that in, and, and I'm sure um, to your job and those who work for you, you kind of have seen, seen a lot of that. Yeah, and it helps depending on the call for service. There's yeah. a time for it. There's a time you can really bring down a room. You yeah. know, our goal is, this may surprise people, but as police officers, our goal is to not fight. Mm-hmm. You don't want to fight. And as you get older... You want to fight less because you don't <laughs> you don't heal quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and and a uniform like the uniform I'm wearing is the most expensive thing I own. <laughs> by, the, by the time you buy a wool uniform and get it altered and put the patches on it and everything, I mean you're a few hundred into this easily. Yeah. Probably three. Well, when when you're six six, it, like it's, nothing it's, off the shelf. Just nothing like off fits. the shelf. It's got to cost, <laughs> right. cost extra. All, all the fabric. Right, 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 exactly. So you don't want to fight and tear a uniform, right? But but the point being is there's a place for humor. Mm-hmm. Um, laughter is the best medicine, and we can bring a situation down. At the same time, we've all met those people that their mere presence can bring a situation way up. Yeah. And it doesn't have to go that way. Yeah. You know, we're all human. 
we're just dispatched to a call that you're dealing with, but we deal with the same matters. Yeah. Just, it might be different. It might look different, but it's the same. And so coming in, you know, our, our moms used to tell us, right? It's not what you said. It's how you said it. Right. It so makes we, a big difference. Right. So just because we have authority doesn't mean we need to tell people we have authority. Yeah. Right. Let, yeah. let your words and your confidence and your mannerisms speak volumes. Yeah. Another thing I know about you is you're a deep man of faith. You love Jesus. Love him. You love the word of God. Yeah. Um, and it's part and parcel of who Chantalese is. Like it's you to the core. That's if somebody wants to know who, you know, the chief of police is in his inner core, you are, you love Jesus and you love the word of God. And it's the framework for what you see and understand all things. That's, that's your worldview. Yeah. Right. It's the reason I'm in this position. Um, It's the only reason I'm the police chief. It was, I've seen bad leadership. We all have. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, you know, if you can only teach bad leadership techniques so that people don't repeat them, yeah, yeah. there's a market for that. Mm-hmm. But um, people should know that, and hopefully they know that when they if, – if you're going to come and, say, and recommend things that are contrary to either my oath of office, my values, my Lord, mm-hmm. his word, it's just a, it's a non-starting point. Yeah. We can't go there. Yeah. I can listen to you, but but we can't can't really engage in much of a discussion. Yeah, when it comes to the the role of my office. Yeah, um, I became chief at forty years old yeah. because of corruption in Beaumont. Yeah, and that's young, very young. <laughs> right. It, for any officer or deputy out there listening, they you know they're gonna think like that's too young. That's mm-hmm. too young. Mm-hmm. And of course, we know um, was it Jokaya that was. King of eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of young. Yeah. <laughs> but he just size what, seven, eight years old. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> Could you imagine? Yeah, that's a little young. <clears throat> but then, but listen, those things, age and those things matter when you're doing it on your own effort. Yeah. And your own knowledge. Yeah. In your own capacity. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not the pretense in how I became the police chief. It was once the corruption happened and the leadership was gone. The police department needed leadership. Yeah. And there's a big void there. Godly leadership. Yeah. yeah, Everybody needs leadership. And so, so I was approached about being the interim police chief. And and remember praying with my wife about that and saying, if the Lord's in it, I'll do it. Because that was an intimidating for a 40 year old man yeah. stepping into a hotbed of controversy to start, right? Because there's, right. there's been all this corruption, you know, there's bewilderment and how that all happened. You step into that, the center of the hotbed of this controversy, right? In, yeah. in city government. And it's a, a very tough job, period. Like chief of police, when I think about like oh, a stressful job, I think okay, yeah, chief of police would be high up on the you know on the list of identified you know in places of employment that would be very difficult, challenging, um, ha- require strategy, stress, all that kind of stuff because you're dealing with you c- dealing with some of the toughest 
conflict that there is. Um, and you know, that's that thin blue line. It's, it's keeping things at bay, um, safety at bay and, and, and evil at bay. Um, and so that's a lot for a 40 year old man and his wife to contemplate like, okay, do I want to do this? (laughs) And now all eyes are on you because of you coming in, stepping into the position after the corruption. So now the, the microscope's really on you. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But I knew, and it got worse than that. I mean, we, there was years of neglect to the equipment at the police department, the morale. We were in bad shape. But, but I knew we had good people in the police department. And I was thinking back to Genesis where, you know, Abram's like, says, hey, God, for the five, right? Mm-hmm. For the five. I knew we had five believers in the Beaumont Police Department. I knew we had much more of good public servants, mm-hmm. good people. Mm-hmm. But I, I said, Lord, this police department won't fail mm-hmm. for the five. Right. And so I remember that prayer with my wife. If the Lord's in it and I feel him in it, I'll do it. Yeah. And there was a three-pronged test that I set um, in that time is the interim. So interim basically means hey, I'm not the full-time chief. I'm, I'm the chief. I'm working more than full-time. I don't yeah. want anybody to think <laughs> doing anything less than working. I mean, right. those first couple years were 65, 70-hour work weeks just to maintain the organization and try to shore up the damage that was done to then start the rebuild. Mm-hmm. But the interim means I can go back as the police commander and they can bring in an outside chief, which initially is what I thought I wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. I remember telling uh, the city manager, I- I'll do it. Let me shore some things up and then bring in your chief. Mm-hmm. But in that time as interim, I said to my wife, three things. If three things make sense, I'll do it. If one, if it works for the community. And equally, uh, two, does it work for the staff? Mm-hmm. Is the staff resonating with the vision that I have for the, for the police department? And then third, does it work with my family? Yeah. Can I still be the husband and the father that I'm called to be? Mm-hmm. And that, I know I gave them in a numerical order, but they were all three a triangle. Mm-hmm. Right? Any one piece missed, the whole thing would break, and I wouldn't have taken the position. Mm-hmm. But what we found after about four or five months was that it was working. Mm-hmm. And I could feel that God was in it. Mm-hmm. And then um, they'd asked if I would stay on as the permanent chief. And after a couple months of working through all that and contracts, um, I was the interim for about eight months. Now, in total, now it's been um, eight years. Wow. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to say, of, you know, we're – we're one of the few agencies that has no vacancies. We have no recruitment issues. We're wow. 57 sworn. Wow. Went is. from 32 to 57 sworn. We're doing great things. Um, we built up civilian staff and ranks, and, and it's just the people. It's really the people. Mm-hmm. You know, my job is only through my people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm the chief. When I think of being the chief, it's I'm the chief servant. Yeah. You know, if we, if we have a servant leadership model, that I'm the head servant. Yeah. My job is to take care of my people first and foremost. And that's what I focus on. And if I do that well, and my command staff does that well, then the officers and the dispatchers and all those folks you see, the civilian staff will, will take care of our 54,000 residents yeah. 
well. What's amazing is that model works. The servant model, you know, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. He was the one who washed the dirty, stinky feet of the disciples, right? So the very feet that he created, that he knit together, he designed, was were the very feet that he washed. And um, But when you think about, you know, positions of great authority, because this is a very substantial position of authority. It just, it is. Um, and when you think about people in positions of authority, you usually think about people who are like super strong personalities and it's top down and they got there because they, you know, they had a louder bark and, um, you know, they put people into their places. And um, so the, this is the antithesis to that. It's the opposite, right? It's, it's not top down. It's actually the influence that comes from the bottom, right? right? Humbling yourself. Um, and what I know about your personality is like, you're, you're a very humble person. You don't come off prideful. You, you actually, you have that self-deprecating kind of personality that you can joke about yourself. Oh, absolutely. Right? And so, so that's part of the allure to it is people get to know you and they realize like, wait a second, this doesn't fit the mold of what I would expect. Like, yeah. especially for the chief of police. I remember right? the first time I met you at, at City Hall, I was thinking, this is the chief of police. We're joking and having a good time. I'm like, this is odd. <laughs> It is. And so it breaks down barriers oh, yeah. immediately because oh, yeah. like, oh, you're a normal person, right? And um, you're very approachable. You're good with people. Like, again, the sense of humor, um, you know, you, you don't think too highly of yourself. So that, that there's some allure to that. And that would be for the public, but also as more importantly for your staff. Oh, it's, it's so important. You want to hire people. When I hire people, I interview every single person that wants to work in the police department, no matter their role, um, from cadet all the way up. And what I'm looking at is a couple things. One, do they have a heart for public service? Do they have a heart for it? Two, can I have a conversation with them for the next 35 minutes? Because if I can't, then I don't think you all can. Right. And then third is, is the person I'm talking to going to be the police chief mm-hmm. because I'm trying to hire 57 sworn police chiefs, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You want to be the last smart guy in the room. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> else in the room is smarter. Yeah. And we are hiring smart people, yeah. dedicated people. Um, the future is bright. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's, it's most important at the end of the day that I'm still Sean mm-hmm. because there is a shelf life to every chief. Right. Well, to everybody, right? Yeah. And when I hang this uniform up and put the badge away, you know, my identity is not in this uniform or this badge. Mm-hmm. It's in Christ. Yeah. That's who I'm going to be. And I can't be two people. Right. You know, so, the, so who I am, this knucklehead, is the one my wife has to deal with all the time. Yep. She's really she's, had to deal with you, man. <laughs> she, she, she should have her own retirement plan. <laughs> she needs some bonuses, man. Throw those bonuses in there, Sean. Come on. I tell her. Claudia, 20, Claudia needs it. <laughs> after 27 years, she gets to retire maybe in three months from, from this uh, partnership, right? But, um, but that's your identity, right? This is who you are when yeah. you're not in that office, who are you? Well, hopefully if, if you're going to do it well, it, hopefully it's the same person. Yeah. 
right? Because you can't be two. Yeah. You can't serve two masters. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's get uh, on the personal side, flip from work. Um, you're, f- you're into physical fitness. You've always kept yourself healthy. Um, you look great. Uh, you're how old right now? 48. 48. So I'm 54. I'm looking at Sean. I'm like, hey, man, what, what happened? He's... <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot better than I do. You have a gym, though, right? You get to work, get to work out? No. The, our, the police department, no? Our police department was built in 88, oh. opened in 89. So, so there's no gym in there. There's no gym. <laughs> if you, there might be enough room in the hallway to do a push-up. No. <laughs> but your physical fitness is important to you. You stayed, you stayed fit, which is good because, like, when you decide at some point in time in the future to retire, yep. like, and grandkids, Jordan's married, she is. So at some point in time, kids will arrive. Yes. You anticipate. So yep. you'll be a nice. grandpa and yeah. you're going to want to like enjoy that season of life um, and be able to toss your little grandson or granddaughter up in the air and, you know, go on the swings and go, you know, have some fun. Um, so you want to be healthy enough for that. Sure. So now that's part of your destination. So tell us, like, how do you stay fit? How do you stay healthy? How, just for the... For the average Joe out there that wants to figure out how to do this, to yeah. look like Chantelise. Well, I think most <laughs> people could do a lot better than this. But, you know, the scriptures tells us that uh, exercise profits a little, but it doesn't say none. Right. So there is some profit in it. Yeah. There is value. And to me, it's not about, um, I've, in my 25 years in law enforcement, I've heard so many officers talk about making it to retirement. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't understand that concept. It's it's not to make it to it. Yeah. It's to close that chapter. While you have a you know, people. It's not one chapter at a time, right? It's not one book at a time. We have multiple chapters in our lives open and multiple books, yeah. right? And so, I want to finish well. Yeah. I want to to have a good quality of life. You think about. And for, for my line of work, sometimes my family gets, especially my wife, gets the rest of me, not the best of me. Right. Yeah. When I hang it up, she deserves the best. Mm-hmm. Um, a chief's wife, you know, the phone's on the nightstand. Yeah. She's woke up. Yeah. Every night that I'm woke up, she's woken up. Yeah. She sacrifices a great amount of time, of, my, of our time together to answer calls, texts, you know. There's, there's always something, right? And you never think about that, the sacrifice that she's making. Right. Like when you just have to leave in the middle of the night, she right. has no idea, like, is he going in harm's way? What, what's going to happen? Where, you know, and that just disturbs regular, the regular flow of normal life. Well, she knows that if I leave, typically something involves one of my employees. Yeah. And so whether they were involved in a critical incident or a critical incident occurred which affects their health, their mental health, right? So she feels it. She wears it. Um, These 25 years she's done with me. So when we get to that point of retirement, then I want to then have a quality of life with her for those years. And then with my kids and the grandkids, like you mentioned, but fitness in not trying to be too much on work, but I try to lead in all areas as an example, professionalism, courtesy, kindness, um, and fitness is just part of it. Yeah. And it, part of your fitness is endurance. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to deal with 
stress mm-hmm. coming at you from all these different areas. I mean, litigation, all of our friends at the ACLU, they know mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure this will generate an email or two. Um, but all, all that out there, bad bills and, and budgets and all that stuff we deal with, um, if you're going to manage that and still um, compose yourself well at work and with your family and your friends, your physical health and your mental health which I believe go round and round. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Hand in hand. Hand in hand are key. Controlling your breathing, your blood pressure. All these things matter. Mm-hmm. And I, get, I often get asked, and a lot of times by, by my wife, like, you never look stressed out. Why is that? And it's like, I don't need to stress about it. I need to either manage it or, you know, sometimes, you know, the hardest part is, hey, I got to sit back and wait for my, my number two is to tell me, what they're doing about it, right? I don't do all the work. You don't get in there micromanaged because no. then you're you actually un, uh, usurping authority by you're doing right. that. You yeah. are, and growth, remember, growth for all of us does not occur in our safety zone. Yeah. It occurs on those outer edges of our boundaries. That's a good point, yeah. Right? So I need to let them grow. And that's the hardest part is to sit back and go, okay, the phone hasn't rang yet. Yeah. I wonder what they're coming up with. <laughs> Can't wait to hear it. <laughs> And, you know, you find that they're typically right, and you just give them a little advice or tweak it a little bit. But, um, but, but health is important. And, again, um, it, the goal is not to make it to retirement. It's, yeah. it's to thrive. It doesn't yeah. matter. And some people joke, hey, well, you could stay fit and make those sacrifices and get hit by a bus. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. But until that day. Yeah. These are the choices I make. The other thing is all the new research that's coming out. I don't want to go too into this, but there's a lot of research now on brain health and exercise and longevity, trying to stave off things like Alzheimer's disease and all those kinds of things, like the nutrients that you put in your body, the exercise that you get, keeping blood flow to your brain is really critically important. And so, like, if you want to be sharp um, at your job. And you want to, you know, not kind of be, you know, dragging through decision making. You want to be clear thinking, especially in a job like yours. Um, that's an important component. Like you, get, you can't throw that out. Like ah, sleep is another one. Like yeah. getting good right. sleep is critically important. They, you know, that that you want to talk about a ton of new research. It's in sleep. Um, and how I much I research that as much as much as I can, day and night. <laughs> sleep research, nap research. I but research it at three a.m. <laughs> At 3 a.m. when you're sleeping. I'm going to research that in about an hour from now. I'm on the computer researching it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so outside of that, what kind of, any kind of activities that you like to do? Like if you're going to spend a Saturday afternoon just having a good time, what would you do? What would we find Chantilly's doing? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a nice Saturday would be getting up, walking the dog. I have a chocolate lab. Um, we, I take him for a walk. I'll play um, right now. I'm right now. I'm going through the Book of John with Skip Heitzig. Oh yeah, and that's just a term I've heard. You know, breakfast with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I don't eat breakfast. Wow. So that's the best thing I do is <laughs> walk my dog and have a podcast. Then I'll work out, but then the sweet stuff comes when um, my wife and I in our backyard we have a gazebo. There's a gentle breeze that comes off the hills. I, I live in East Highlands, and 
and we have our coffee time mm-hmm. and it's just her and I, yeah. we're just talking. Sometimes we're not even talking. Yeah. We're just, just hanging sitting out. together. That's yeah. right. Each, Shoulder to shoulders. In each other's presence. Right. Yeah. And then, um, we'll have our lunch and then Saturday night is church. Mm-hmm. And then, um, that's, that's a Saturday. Yeah. I try to, what I try to do is maximize my week. So I'll work, I'll work as many hours as I need to Monday through Thursday. Then Friday mornings, um, up to the afternoon, I'll tie up loose ends. I'm not in uniform. Mm-hmm. I'm in the office. I'm in street clothes, which helps open up another type of conversation with the employees because I'm just dressed. Just relaxed dress. Yeah. yeah. Slip on vans. Yep. Always when I'm off duty. Yep. Always. And then they see vans. more of your personality. Like, you know, outside of uniform. Oh, he wears vans. Yeah. It's little things like that. Yeah. Yeah. With no show socks. <laughs> That's important. Did you say no show socks or crocs? Yeah. No say, socks. Oh, okay. So they say crocs. No, that's it. You yeah. know, that's my thing. That's my off duty little identifier. My slip on vans, always have them on. That's good. Um, but but that's it. And then um Friday night is always date night nice. with my wife. That's good. So even if there is a department function, um, my wife comes with me. So how many years again you said? 27. 27 years of marriage. Yeah. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this up here. I'm going to leave you with any, also any f- uh, parting words that you would share. But 27 years of marriage, like what would you say are maybe a couple keys for you in how you have that kind of endurance in marriage? Sure. Well, my wife and I, we, do, we are part of a marriage ministry. Uh, we actually enjoy being married. Mm-hmm. Uh, love it. You know, Job tells us, right? Yeah. He was found a wife has found a good thing. Yeah. And, um, sorry for my wife. It doesn't say anything about finding a husband. <laughs> she, got, she just has to put up with you. She got stuck on that. <laughs> um, but there's a couple, couple rules we live by. One is know when to leave each other alone. Mm don't have to resolve it. You don't have to make the comment. You don't have to share your opinion. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Just leave each other alone. Give some space. Oh, you, you just have to. Some breathing room. Allow them to process. Right. Don't force the issue. No, just, but don't, also don't nitpick. Like, it doesn't matter if they didn't put that away. Right. You see it, put it away. Yeah. Right? You can, you can help. Um, to, Never have an opinion about each other's in-laws. Mm. That's a good one. Never. That's yeah. a great one. We don't have, we don't ever, it doesn't matter if she's saying something about her family. That's her territory. Yeah. Don't jump in. Because you can't remove your emotional defensive mechanism right. when somebody's talking, whether it's your spouse or not, when they're talking about your parents, yep. mm-hmm. there's a natural defense mechanism that's going to kick in. There is. Mm-hmm. And early on, you know, we, we thought those opinions were welcomed, and they're not. Very <laughs> um, date your wife. Yeah. Date um, every Friday night. You know, um, even during football season with my son, you know, our date nights are Friday night lights, but we're together in the bleachers. Yeah. Or like I said, if I have a function, she comes. Um, because you don't – I hear so many people say – Love, love, love. And mm-hmm. love is awesome. Right. But when it comes to your spouse, like 
yeah. pretty key too. Companionship, friendship usually trumps like the fond feelings of affection that you feel when you first you have googly eyes on your spouse. Sure. Those wane, right? Yeah. Come and go. But it's the friendship and companionship. Not that there's not love there. It's just deeper. It is. And then you want to remain in love. Yeah. So if you can tackle those three things, yeah. to like, to love, and to be in love, that's the good that's stuff. That's a win, yeah. That's the win. And so we, we work on those. Um, she works on her things, how she likes to, you see my, my wife, she likes to look, mm-hmm. you know, the, put together and yeah. she is. And, and I still open the car door for her every single time, wow. even in the rain. Wow. Even though we have those electronic door openers, <laughs> I open the car door for my wife. Right, um, and it's just those little things. Yeah, because when you're doing the little things, I mean, you're going to say something that you didn't mean to say or sounded funny in your head. Right, and somehow when it comes, especially out, when you ha- like you have a quick wit, so <laughs> like you you probably every once in a while drop something real quick in there, and you're like, oh, I probably should have tried to try to reel that back. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've done that. <laughs> now I think to myself, would that be funny in print? <laughs> no. Yeah. So as the chief, you really yeah. don't put a lot of quick wit out there. And then as a husband, yeah. you tend to dial that even further back. But, you know, we're human. Yeah. We're human. And yeah. we're going to say something or something's going to get misread. But when they remember, hey, this is the guy that opens the car door. Yeah. Or this is the woman that just gives you that kind touch because mm-hmm. they have a touch I and mean, we're not good at that. Yeah. No, you know, they touch without expectations. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that men, <laughs> men, we know we don't, we're not the best at that. No, no, no. Then, you know, Hey, whatever they said or did that I perceived to hurt, it doesn't really hurt that much because I know their heart because they expose it. Yeah. And that put all that together. That's my recipe for us. <laughs> A nice marriage blended shake. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's awesome. Yeah. So some sound advice on marriage, on exercise, on balance, on being in a leadership position and being a, a servant. Um, and so a lot of great, great stuff. Um, we just appreciate, Sean, that you were willing to come and spend some you know, valuable time just to talk with us. I mean, most people know you as chief. I mean, and uh, so this helps personalize um, you more to people for Sandals Church Banning and anybody else that would listen in, uh, you know, to know more about Sean Thalese, what makes him tick, how he ended up where he's at right now, and um, kind of your trajectory from here, um, how that works in your mind and your heart and your life and your family. So thank you. And we usually end things with um, me just praying over the person that came in. So let me pray over you. Absolutely. Lord, we just thank you so much for Sean, uh, for Sean's role here in our community, Lord, for his friendship. I just appreciate so much and value that friendship. Um, just grabbing coffee um, periodically and just getting caught up on life and family. And I pray a covering upon his family, his marriage. Lord, to Claudia of 27 years, I pray that, Lord, it would be um, an abundantly fruitful season of their life, just this new um, season of them together. I pray, Father, that it would be one of the um, Lord, just most f- fruitful um, times that they've enjoyed together 
enjoying and growing closer together um, emotionally, spiritually, physically than they ever have before. And just keep them healthy. I pray that you give wisdom, uh, Lord, as Sean continues to to um, function in a dad role to Connor and to Jordan, giving advice and suggestions and um, guiding them along the path in their own lives. And so we pray covering upon them and their growth and, and maturing and Jordan and her marriage and family. I pray for Sean, Lord, as just chief of police in a significantly important role in our community. Give him wisdom. Your word promises if anyone lacks wisdom, let that person ask, ask God who gives liberally without finding fault. Just guide him, Lord, in decision-making and dealing with personalities and, um, Lord, in, in lawsuits or uh, just hard conversations, um, dealing with loss of, you know, Lord, pray that it would not happen, but just of officers or um, people in the community because of crime. I pray, Father, you'd, you'd protect his staff as as they're out and about, um, Lord, in their patrol cars or on the street, just trying to keep a, a thin blue line, just a, a protection for for us, Lord, so that we don't even have to think about it. We just have a confidence in our law enforcement, um, in our communities. I pray, Father, they'd be able to identify and get rid of bad people uh, off the streets, um, Lord, to protect our citizens and um, help them to navigate financial decisions and all the other things that they have to juggle. I pray for Sean, just guide him in that as he continues to lead as a servant leader um, with humility and with humor, with kindness and with grace as he relies on you, Lord, for everything that he needs. And just thank you for the gift of him, just the gift of him in our community um, and the gift of him to his staff and to his family and to prosper him. Establish the work of his hands, make him efficient, effective, and productive. And we rejoice in, in advance of that work. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank Good you. job. You got through. Woo. No problem at all. <laughs>